Welcome to the Kickstart Your Book Sales Podcast with USA Today bestselling authors Russell Nolte and Monica Lionel, where you'll learn how to supercharge your book sales, go aggressively wide, and take your author career to the next level. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello. <laughs> how are so you? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Wonderful. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and your campaign? And uh, we'll dive in. All right. So I'm Kate Rudolph. I am a paranormal and sci-fi romance writer. I've uh, been doing this for, been writing for like seven years now. And this year I dove in and did two successful Kickstarters. And uh, it was really exciting. One for an audiobook, one for a new book. And uh, yeah, so I had fun doing that. It's the the last one that you ran for the new book, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That, one that was that, that was hungry for the wolf, right? Yeah, that's correct. All right, I got the right one. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is not her name, so I do not want to. Yeah, sure I know. I to share it on screen. We do. We have to remember the the pre- You know, because it's celestial. Heart. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to confuse people because I write under a pen name and like kickstarter with yeah. their like showing your real so i was like i'll just use my company name so. yeah and i think this is a great option for a lot of people that just like mm-hmm. they didn't want to put their name that you can also put like a brand right um, my friend does the uh, cs for cthulhu is their thing so like there's a lot of options if you don't want to use your your real name in your option i, I was like i know i know what her campaigns because i was just looking at this campaign like yesterday before i got yes. the notification that like you were uh <laughs> that you were coming on today so i really i really love this campaign could you talk a little bit about how they were different because you did the audiobook campaign and this looked like it was more than double that campaign that first campaign yeah so the audiobook one was for really for super fans i mean it was a like a fifth book yeah sixth book in a series um that had and that book came out originally i think in 2018 um and i had audiobooks for the rest of it so it was a pretty modest campaign the goal was 500 dollars um and then i ended up earning 2500 on that so um, i was really pleased with it but it was also almost completely digital only um yeah I gave, I did have the regular print book available, but it wasn't anything in addition yeah. to that. So then I kind of, for the Hungry for the Wolf campaign, um, I actually did, it's a new book plus special editions of the other three books in the, so four books in the series. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had a pretty big, um, I had some pretty big goals on, or not, uh, pled, pledge levels on that where it was up to four of the books for a hundred dollars um plus a ton of digital content with that uh so i was able to have those higher pledge levels there that i think really allowed it to get to that higher level to around four thousand dollars yeah and you had one it looks like making it as a writer is this consultant like writer consultant yeah i did there's actually two levels of writer consulting. So there's that $500 level, which I'm doing five sessions with somebody. And then I did a $125 level where it's just a one, uh, like a one one hour session. Uh, and I had something like six people do that. So it was really good. Cause I have a lot of writer friends and are like, and I know some you know people who are pretty new and I've been around for a while. So I offered to that as well. Yeah. It looks like five, I see five. So like this five, six, seven, eight or so backers, like basically backed 
at like 125 or up to like $500. And people are always like, well, I don't have a big backlist. I don't have a big this. But like, this is something that like most writers who have had success, like there's at least one person that you're friends with who will probably want to hear about like, or in your network that will want to hear about like how to do it themselves. And you clearly have been doing this for a long time and have a lot of those people. But I mean, this added... I don't know, a thousand dollars or so yeah. probably to your bottom line, right? So, uh, around there, yeah. Yeah. And then you also had just, you know, you had for $320. And so you had a bunch of, like, a bunch of your books. And I always want to point this out because, like, people are like, people can get my books for $2.99 on Amazon or $5.99. Like, why am I going to do $325? And the answer is like, because people will buy from you, buy it if you do it, right? Yeah, that's with it's all of my ebooks, all of my audiobooks. And then it's just the four the four print books and also a notebook. So even that it's not like a huge it's not like I'm shipping out 40 print books for that. That's still right. just four print books. Yeah, that's that that's awesome and doing having the the the, the digital and the physical really helps that because you're suddenly like, "Oh, here's I only have to do the same work." Except, uh, but I now get to like make double or triple the amount of money on that. Monica, do you have a question? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I've been asking kind of everybody this, but I wanted to know um, what promotional marketing or what, what marketing stuff did you do that you felt really worked for your Kickstarter campaign? Uh most of what I did was I just sent an email every day or almost every day to my readers, just kind of following like whatever Russell was saying in his emails. And then I'd be like, okay, well, he said, I, had, so I made a spreadsheet of like, okay, like talk about here, share chapter one or like talk about the world or whatever. Um, and I did, you know, I took a, maybe a couple days I didn't send it, but almost every day. And then um, also talking about it with, with some author friends who are, were interested in Kickstarter. So telling them like updating what I was doing to them. And that's how I got some of those authors to um, back at that consulting level. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the author consulting level, I think, so, so one thing I think is worth saying too, is like, it doesn't have to, like sometimes people are like, ah, oh, like it's a, you know, it's like a nonfiction thing and I only do fiction, but it's like, you can do like two pen names. Um, you know, you could, you could sell, like we had somebody in our program with two pen names and it's like, you can, you know, you can have your, you know, thrillers or whatever, and you can do a package where you're also selling your romance stuff. Um, so I think people, you know, especially if you have an audience, um, or you have a, like a stronger audience and something, but you're building this other thing. It's like, you can, you know, you can kind of bolster your numbers and your effort by um, including, you know, not not like a lot from the other camp, you know, the other pen name, but um, some, and it, it can just work really well. So um, that's really nice. But um, so, did you end up doing a lot of um, like cross cross promotion or? Yeah. yeah, I did. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I did do at least ten, um, probably cross promos with other authors. Um, between doing like the, you know, the, I contacted a couple people to do like the bonuses. Um, so we could give, you know, each other's books. Um, cause there was somebody who was doing, who had a really similar campaign to mine. So I was like, Oh, we should, we should swap books. Um, and then, yeah, just doing a couple update swaps or 
email swaps um, was the other one. And I know, unfortunately, I wasn't tra- using the uh, tracking codes. So I, until like the final days, so I'm not sure how much um, that helped, but I do think it got eyes on it. So it doesn't, it definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were just talking about that with somebody else and also admitting that neither of us use the tracking codes very well either. So um, I think it's, you know, it, it, it's helpful data um, if you're, especially, you know, when you're starting out, it can be helpful data to see like what's actually working. But, you know, to like Russell, Russell kind of said like, yeah, I already know what's actually working. So I'm not going to use that tracking code. Well, and, Mon- <laughs> and then, Monica, you also said something that was like, that all works in tandem together. And I used to sell advertising to, for car dealerships and I called them Mercedes-Benz dealership one time. They're like, I work on a 30-year time horizon, which <laughs> like I literally don't need trackability because like someone has to be hearing of us from their time they were a kid so they buy when they're like 35. And like that really, not that like I don't like data because like some things so I do Facebook ads, like you want to know the exact thing, but like for marketing... A lot of this stuff is, like you said, cumulative over years upon years upon years that you hearing about it and hearing about it from different channels. And most importantly, like you do a swap, you're on a podcast, you're like in someone's email, like you're, you're doing someone's sharing you on social media and that someone's hearing you on all of those things right. and which is which one they hear you on and they actually click the most important part or is having the multiple touch points the important part because if you judge things by like oh like i got a bunch of things from this podcast it discounts that like oh well you warmed them up on your email list or someone else like so there's all of these little moments that go into building a marketing campaign and when we build our marketing campaigns for writer mba a lot of the time it's just like we can't cut anything because like it all works in tandem on top of each other yeah, yeah, we experienced that. So, um, for uh, for your campaign, so you're also on retailers, right? So, how does Kickstarter fit in with your retailer strategy? And, and especially now that you've done two campaigns, I'd be curious, like, how does it all fit together for you? Um, you know, are you noticing differences between Kickstarter and retailers? What do you think? Um, it's still something that I'm figuring out because that. Hungry for the Wolf was the first book I launched on Kickstarter and I haven't launched it on the retailers yet. I've just put it up for pre-order and I haven't even told my readers about it yet. So I don't, I have very few pre-orders on it. So I'm interested, I will be interested to see how the launch goes. Cause I'm, I'm not a big launch person. Um, I'm just like, here it is. Don't talk to me. I'll see you in two months. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is what, like, that's also why I like Kickstarter because it's like, oh, it's forcing me to make it in an event <laughs> and it's forcing me to actually like be like, hey guys, guys, limited time. You got to do it. Come on. <laughs> um, and so, but I'm, I'm sort of, I guess I'm sort of treating them separately. It's like, I'm going to do the Kickstarter. There's going to be a little bit of a delay and then it's going to launch on retailers and it's going to kind of go back in. It's, I guess I'd treat it like my backlist at that point. Um, I... I did just launch some books straight to retailers instead of doing Kickstarter because it was like a group project. So I don't know that I'm going to do every book Kickstarter than retailers. It's probably going to be a mix of them and I'm still figuring out how that's going to work, especially once, once I see how it go, how the book launches on the retailers. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm curious if you, so have you seen any, have you like taken, well, so we were talking about this earlier, but um, with retailers, have you seen your sales stay steady even as you do Kickstarter campaigns or, or rise or fall? Um, but like, what have you seen in terms of like how your revenue is panning out at the retailers? Um by adding Kickstarter. It seems steady. I did the month I was doing the Kickstarter for the, the guarded by the shifter hungry for the wolf, that series, that series was lower at retailers. I think because I was telling people to go to Kickstarter and they could get the whole series at Kickstarter. Um, but I, ha- but it's not like it was depressed for beyond that. It quickly went back to in line with the other, you know, what, what it was doing other months. Um, and, you know, the other one was for an audiobook, and my audiobook sales are also usually pretty slow. But now I had, I actually ended up being able to fund two audiobooks based on that one. And so they were completely paid for by the time I posted them. So I, you know, everything after that is just bonus. Bonus <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's really, you know, that mindset is so interesting because I, when I started launching on retailers instead of Kickstarter first, and I was like, oh, wow, I have like, $2,000 I got to make up before even and now you want me to spend more money on advertising and I don't even know if this series is profitable like how like it's just such a hard like like mentality to get into as opposed to when you like have launched on Kickstarter and even if you make $500,000 you're like oh I know that like some people like this like it is it, it may even if it didn't break profitability that's why we always say five it's like well $500 will tell you like a lot of information it will tell you like don't maybe don't drop five grand on this on the, this series you're like <laughs> you have to do a lot of other audience building stuff but like it'll give you information that then you can use in your launch and if you do end up breaking even or better you're like it's a whole different world to be like oh well like whatever it sells 10 copies like or wow i had to put a thousand dollars in your well i already am up four thousand dollars so yeah sure i'll spend way more marketing money than i normally would because i already know i made four thousand dollars on this book (laughs) yeah yeah it's so nice to have it paid off before you launch um, so how many Kickstarters are you planning on? Do you, do you have your 2023 plans and how many Kickstarters are you planning? If so, I think I, think I got, I, uh, oh, the spreadsheet is open. Yay. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tentatively for next year, I have three planned. Um, Very cool. so I, but they keep, it keeps changing. Like the month, I like one in January, one in the middle of the year, one in August ish. Um, and but what I'm doing in each of them keeps changing. So <laughs> you mean the project they, that you're doing? Yeah. So nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it keeps I, expanding and contracting in scope um, as I decide um, what what that's going to work with. So, but I am definitely doing some next year. Cool. Yeah. Um, was there any part of any of either of these campaigns that was particularly hard for you, where you were just like? I need help with this or like, like I can't do this or anything like that. I mean, some days in just in that dead zone going like, please guys, one, one person just for a dollar, please. (laughs) Uh, Because that gets, even though it's like, I can look and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm at like $2,500. I've met the goal technically of like, but it it could be $3,000. So really, 
Um, and trying to figure out like to balance not dissuading people who have already pledged where I'm like, you could pledge some more guys (laughs) (laughs) who aren't there. Cause I mean, I have a pretty robust list and it's 78 people ended up backing, which is not a lot of people. I'm very happy they did. And I'm very happy with the, um, like the per backer, you know, income I got from that. But sometimes just slogging through that dead zone is hard. Yeah. I, I got I have thirty thousand people on our list, and like one hundred and fifty people or so are on this Kickstarter. And I'm like, that there could be a lot more. There could be a lot more. Um, I find the best thing to do in those days is like to like hey, make your fingers do something. Is that's when I do backer swap stuff. I'm like, I'm really nervous, so like I'll go through all of the campaigns. I'll go to discover everything or publishing, and I'll be like, I reached out to three campaigns today, like. I, that's the only thing I, I can do a live stream. I can like reach out to some campaigns. Like I can post it up. There's like a finite number of like marketing activities. And I find that the one of like, Hey, finding a new project and doing more backer swaps, like is like an easy way for me to feel like, well, I don't feel good about the amount of money I made today, but I do feel good that I at least did some marketing actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think definitely, um, I don't, I don't know if there's a good phrase for this, but I think like staying busy during the dead zone can really, really help where you're like, and also like something that I tell myself is like, I don't need the result like right now. I don't need it during the dead zone, but um, I'm doing this so that the end of the campaign is good. Um, so I always tell myself that too. And then it's like, okay, I can get through this because <laughs> it can be a slog. It can be like kind of emotionally draining. So um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else that <laughs> pops out? I have a, fa- I'm, I'm just about to start doing the fulfillment and I have a feeling I'm going to be like, no, don't make me do it. Uh, cause I'm, I, the books are supposed to get here today. So it took a minute cause the first print did not look, there was a slight issue on the cover. So I had to actually put some effort into getting the right one if honestly if it had just been on ingram i would have been like whatever you'll be fine but i'm like no yeah. they, they did they did this is a special thing got have to make it perfect so yeah um, so next week is going to be all fulfillment week oh that'll be so i mean i i think it's fun <laughs> so like I, I really enjoy fulfillment because i can like stay up late and watch um watch like a netflix show which is unusual for me because i have like three-year-olds that i often have to be with so um yeah it was it was really fun for me but <laughs> and i just like, i like the um the, the ability to like see something to completion and like just be able to put like oh i I know this person like oh this person Mm -hmm. like back the first campaign and the second campaign and like here's a signature and like is a little like it just like and then you finish it and you're like there's things like there's a stack of like how often in a writer's life does it look like you've actually accomplished anything because it's all like there's no like keyboard there's no like typewriter sound or anything you don't have a stack of things but when you are uh, when you're fulfilling it's like book one oh look i i had all of this stuff on the left side of my table and now it's on the right side of my table and like i take it to the thing i send out the backer the uh the um tracking numbers boom done yeah 
yeah, it's there is something really fulfilling about the fulfillment phase. <laughs> not to be not to get very corny, but um, I, I think anyway. So yeah, is there um, anything that you like saw between campaign one and campaign two that like really like threw you for a loop or like that 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 changed how you thought of Kickstarter because we're seeing a lot of people doing their second campaigns now and a lot of them are like whoa I either raised less money or way more money or like this was different did you see anything like that when between campaign one and campaign two I definitely saw that the physical items were something that not everybody wanted but definitely did add that you know, to the people who wanted them, that definitely pushed them up into the higher tiers, um, which was not, you know, that's something I barely offered in the first one. So I'll probably think about more ways I can do that going forward. And way, and I also think I probably was a little more complicated than I needed to be in the second one. So I'll figure out how I can uh, make things easier on myself in the third one. So... Awesome. Awesome. Did you find the most, a lot of the people from the first campaign back the second campaign? It's not, I think about 50 to 75% from the first campaign did. And I did a specific, I gave like a, a specific perk to the returning backers. Like they got an extra ebook and some pins or like some stickers or something. Um, so I, that definitely worked to get some of the returning backers and then, um, maybe 25 ish, the, 50%, I'm not sure, um, were new backers. So even though it was, I had about four less backers in the second campaign, uh, I ended up growing my audience because I definitely had new backers there. So Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. I love to hear that. And yeah, offering those those returning backer rewards, it really helped us on the Cthulhu campaign. We offered a sticker just like you said you did. And it was like gangbusters, people coming in at the beginning who wanted to like get that stuff. And a lot of people who missed the second campaign came in for the third campaign and got the, 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 the two books and then got their like little extra sticker, which was a really cool thing. And we did the same kind of stuff with the Ichabod campaign. So I highly recommend if you have a returning backer thing to like consider at least doing that. Yeah. Did, cool. did you have any physical stretch goals or stuff that you had to like include or weekly goals that you or was it most, mostly digital? Most of my stretch goals were digital. I did like um, at a certain point I did it where every $200 I was writing a bonus scene up to an extra bonus scene per book. So it was up to right around that. Like it was either the $3,800 or $4,000 goal. So every book ends up getting two bonus scenes because I was already writing one. Um, and then I, I added in just a little uh, pin um, for if they backed over $15. So I was already, I think I already had that at a certain level. And then I was like, oh, everybody gets it once we're at $1,500 if you back at $15. So awesome. Yeah, I love the pins. One thing that is a problem for me in the last couple of campaigns is the backing, like the, the pins will break. So I've been exploring challenge coins like oh, cool. this one which don't have any like pin part of them puncturing books or anything like that yeah I actually i said it was actually buttons not pins i was just uh, missing the word so i wasn't ready to take the uh the dive into actually doing because buttons are just a little easier to do so yeah, sure um so i was uh but i could definitely see myself doing pins in the future Awesome. Well, um, we're reaching towards the end of our time together. 
Uh, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? And then to let us know where we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Well, people should do Kickstarter. So um, uh, I definitely, I think, I think it's been super great to do it and I'm really glad I've done it and I look forward to doing more. And then uh, you can find me at uh, katerudolph.net is my website or I'm on Facebook and other social media sites. So yeah, that's where I am. Awesome. Wonderful, Kate. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on yeah, and I look forward to seeing you in the group. Thank you so much for hanging out with Monica and Russell on the Kickstart Your Book Sales podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to visit kickstartyourbooksales.com slash free to download our best resources to help supercharge your author career and take it to the next level starting today.